This show is part of the WND Podcast Network. If you'd like to check out more shows from WND, please head to our website at wndpress.com backslash podcast to see our current lineup. Hi, everybody. Welcome to I Don't Want to Hear It. I'm Mikey, and Shane is dead. No, he is somewhere between California and Tennessee right now. I don't know what he's doing. He's doctoring. We couldn't get together for the episode this week, which is a shame, but, you know, I'm here anyway, and it's been a while since I've had to do a straight to your face, and I'm I'm, I'm happy because I don't get to talk to you guys. I don't get to talk to you guys as much. I got a few little bonus pieces of content here for you that I hope you'll enjoy. We're d- I do this because we don't ever want to miss a week. And uh, we're going to just try and, and until the wheels come off this thing, until we're both skeletons, just to keep going. No matter what we're doing, even if it's terrible, we are committed to not missing a week. So the first thing that I would like to do is to thank everybody uh, who is listening right now and who has continued to listen. You know, I was looking at our podcast uh, metrics. That's the word. That's the word they use. I was looking at those the other day, and we've just been pretty steady since the beginning. Sure, we'd like more, but the fact that everybody is here listening and we, we have a pretty steady listener base, it's pretty great. You know, I'm surprised. I'm surprised you guys like us as much as you do and you're sticking around. So uh, we, we're very grateful and we just want to say thank you. We want to say a special thank you to our patrons as well for your money that you throw at us. And that's wonderful because we love that. And we've been putting it to good use to, with merch and all kinds of other things, but mostly the merch. So before we get into the real, um, the, the gushy center of the episode here today, I just wanted to remind you guys that uh, we do have merchandise, we have books, we have mugs, we have coffee, apparently Shane has more mugs up here. Oh wait, these are for his other podcast. These are for his, his doctor podcast that I am not a part of, so... Um, you know what, Shane, I will continue to do my research on dead bodies and cults, and you're not allowed to be a part of that either. And I'm going to make a Wasteland podcast mug. What do you think of that, you big lady? Anyway, we have a bunch of coffee mugs. We have our Legacy of Brutality whole bean coffee. We have our I Don't Want to Hear It podcast, You Never Go Double Warp Tour t-shirt. I wore it out the other night. I was asked why I was wearing a picture of myself on my shirt. I had no answer. You won't have to deal with that because you're not on the shirt. We have our So Sad, So Mad, excuse me, So Sad, So Mad coffee mugs. We have our Jerry Lonely Enamel Pins. We have our Sweet Hell is Mean stickers, which I still need to get one from Shane. We even have our zines, which it doesn't appear many people are into. But hey, I worked hard on those, especially all those two, three sentence, very hyperbolic reviews. I feel like that's a, that's a definite strength of mine, the ability to write those. But nobody except our patrons will pay me for it. So that is a problem. Listeners, I also want to just let you know, if you hear what sounds like the Hindenburg crashing in the background of this recording, I will do my best to remove the noise. That would be the hundreds of metallic motorized erections that are screeching by my home at the moment because we are in the midst of another hellish bike week here in Daytona where all the podiatrists and the dentists and the 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 well the behavior therapists 
will don their leathers and pretend to be outlaws for the week until they actually drive up next to an actual outlaw and then proceed to get whipped in the face with a bicycle chain. I'm always in favor of that. Anyway, before I take it into a nosedive of negativity already, let's go ahead and get to our first segment. I got a little right profile slash album review for you. So here's some music and I'm not sure what it's going to be. Here we go. Goddamn bikes. So I wanted to just give my thoughts, which that sounds so, God, that sounds ridiculous. I just wanted to talk real quick about the new release that came out this past Friday from a band called Vane FM or Vane.FM. I'm not really sure. It sounds like their name's some kind of a fucking URL. Vane is a band that we brought up on the show several times. They had a record a few years back called Error Zone, which was just a pummeling masterpiece of violence and hate their sort of claim to fame is that they they kind of incorporate some slight electronic elements into the music it's never overpowering it's not it's not too terrible because that's the type of shit that i can't stand but it's it's sprinkled throughout in a very tasteful way and meantime you're just basically getting slapped in the face with a, a, a tire iron for the duration of the record I, I would say genre-wise, they are metallic hardcore. A lot of the uh, a lot of chugging breakdowns, but uh, there's creativity there. A lot of some some wananas and some discordant parts, and the vocals are very savage and vicious. And that's just kind of the band. They're they're very violent and confrontational sounding. Well, they just released on March fourth. Uh, their newest record on Closed Casket Activities called "This World Will Destroy You." Oh, excuse me. <laughs> this world is going to ruin you. Same difference. Anyway, I had the pleasure of listening to it twice yesterday. I purchased the digital version, so I don't have the layout in front of me. I can't really comment on anything besides the fact that the cover art is pretty badass, but it does sort of look like a 2000s emo band cover. But, you know, that could just be my bias coming out. But at any rate, um, what you have with the new Vein record are 12 brand new songs, and they've released several of them as singles with videos throughout the past couple of weeks. And I have to say, it's a pretty good listen. This was gonna we we talked about this record and how about and about how it, it was probably gonna be an album of the year contender for us as we get into the year of 2022. I would say that uh, we're, we're pretty much right. It's this world is going to ruin you is a pretty great sophomore LP from Vane. I highly recommend that it's well worth the $9.99 for the digital. You can go buy it on Bandcamp, listen to Spotify, whatever. Um, I, I would describe it as, as very similar to the last one, an eye stabbing of vicious metallic hardcore. But there is one thing. It is occasionally weighed down by some very sleepy time Chino Moreno later Deftones-esque vocals. There, there is some melody on it. I'm not a huge fan of it. I love melody, just not in this context. And the other thing that I found to be quite troublesome was that they had Jeff Rickley from Thursday, that Milky Biscuit, to do some uh, backup vocals, do some guest vocals on the record. Now, I'm not sure why they would pick the most boring person on earth with the most boring voice uh, imaginable, but they did. I don't know if it was to be contrarian or whatever. I guess I know a thing or two about that. If I'm being honest, 
But um, Thursday, um, for anyone who is wondering, is a very overrated band, and um, they're just they're just the worst. And Jeff Rickley is their uh, main representative, and I don't like him. So when his voice came on, I was actually at the gym. I was I was I was pumping on the machine because I don't really lift the weights. But I'm, I was pumping the machine there, and uh, his voice came on, and immediately my arms went, they just went flaccid. My muscles gave up, because that's the effect he has on people. He just sort of like siphons off your testosterone. <laughs> so if you're into that, I would say don't skip that track. Otherwise, it's a pretty great record. The last track leaves a bit to be desired. It's like seven minutes, and there's like an answering machine message for some girl in it. I don't know. I don't. The guy's upset. He's mad about something. I get it. I, I, I've been there. Um, recently these guys were in the news, the hardcore news, which is not news, but then again, real news isn't really news either. Um, they were involved in some sort of an altercation in Albuquerque, New Mexico, where the band they were on tour with Momentum allegedly pulled a gun on somebody in vain, like broke a mic stand. And it just becomes this whole thing. And, and, and it's funny because Reddit is just exploding with all these people offering up their, their take on what happened. And it just reminds me of how stupid hardcore is guys did you know that i mean we focus on hardcore here a lot but hardcore is stupid i played it for many years i will still play it i still listen to it but it is dumb it's dumb it's just the dumbest thing you can get involved in take our word for it listen to the podcast you don't need to fucking get involved in this shit if you're if you're not already it's just it's a waste of fucking time i mean these people are just these people are animals anyway uh this world is going to ruin you by vain fm a pretty great metallic hardcore record. Definitely going to be on our lists of uh, greatest records of the year so far when we get around to doing those if Shane ever gets home. All right. Well, for our next little bit here... What I want to do is give those of you who are not patrons just a quick preview of what you might be missing out on. Now, Shane and I, I think we're about two episodes behind, but hey, we're committed to making sure our patrons get everything that's coming to them. You guys can pick a episode topic, you can pick and explain this band, you can pick all kinds of stuff, plus we do a bonus episode, try to do a bonus episode, every single month. I think we're two behind at the moment. There might be three, but we're getting there. We're getting there, guys. And our bonus episodes are fun. It's a little more off the cuff. We tell fun stories, things that don't really fit completely into the podcast. I told my bank robbery story, uh, the Waffle House story. Shane unearthed some of the pain from his past. We gave you our guide to pool hopping, our guide to something else I can't remember. And uh, we, we just recently did an episode with our great friend, and resident film expert Chris Tharp, he was gracious enough to come on and discuss the newest installment of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre franchise. If you'll recall, back in Halloween 2021, we did a rundown of all the sequels with Chris because those are some of our favorite movies and it's a real zany time and we had a great time talking about it. So we said we got to do it for the new one. So both Chris and I, uh, all three of us, Shane as well, we all watched the movie and then we proceeded to uh, tear it apart. Of course, Shane and I had a difference of opinion, as we are wont to do, because his opinions are often wrong. And I just, it's it's a difficult thing, but I have to I have to let him know. You know, I wouldn't be being a good best friend if I if I if I didn't do that. So here's a quick clip from our most recent Patreon bonus episode. It's not the whole thing because our patrons they pay good hard earned American dollars. To, to listen to us bullshit around. 
And so they're going to get what they deserve, and you're going to get a little tiny snippet, and the rest is behind the paywall. Yeah! So here it is. One of the things that made the first Texas Chainsaw Massacre so great was the fact that you didn't see the gore. Yes. Like, let's talk about how ridiculous the gore was in this movie, specifically with the bus, the party bus, and the, the, the trucker. Trailer. The, the, the trailer. Yeah, it's it's the party bus. I mean, like, that's the, the only thing. reason that this thing even exists is for that scene, I think, in my you think head. so? They wrote it around I, that. I, are you, what, what's the point of this movie without that scene they wrote it around that one and the first scene those are the only two anchor points they probably have for yeah. the whole fucking script and then they just boop, filled in the rest i'm looking at it now i didn't even think to look up the director but he's like uh this guy david blue garcia yep and he's a, a nobody bad like dp that became a director and it's just like who's who's in his family who is he married to who who let this happen? Like how? <laughs> yeah, like, who, did, who, t- who let him do this? I'm like, it's just like he has no credentials to do any of it. Like, you know, if he had like some sort of interesting horror short and it was like, oh my God, this guy's like the next thing. Let's give it to him. But it's just like a know nothing nobody doing a disservice to something that matters. Yeah. Well, I think that's the same. The same is true for the screenwriter, um, who Chris Thomas Devlin. Like, the, like his only uh, accolades are Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and then also Cobweb, which I don't think is out yet. Well, Fede Al, or if, I don't know how you say his name, but Fede or Fede Alvarez. He wrote. He like I guess he did the initial pass on it, and then yeah. he, he he wrote the new Evil Dead, which. That's what I got. But that's what it was marketed as is like, I thought it was like somebody involved from evil dead. And I was like, okay, that, that, uh, that seems to work. This person who did an evil dead is doing a Texas chainsaw. I'm like, all right, this is Rob zombie doing Halloween or something like that. Like, you know, they should have given it to, I mean, honestly, you know, you're not going to give it to Ari Aster. You're not going to give it to Jordan Peele. Give it to fucking Rob zombie. If you're going to throw it away, I mean, the guy's making his monsters movie right now. Let him do it. Every, I mean, if anybody could fucking do it, it's Rob Zombie. I don't think Rob Zombie would do a good job with it. He's done it with would... the fucking with the fucking Firefly family. He at least would respect it. Yes, this guy doesn't respect anything. Yeah, <laughs> I hate him. This guy so, doesn't respect his own mother. The uh, no. uh, when the bus scene was happening, it's like I guess the bus scene is meant to terrify you. Like, look at this. It's just a mat. It's a t- it's a chainsaw massacre in Texas. Yeah. But like Greyhound te- te- is green. Yeah. <laughs> Greyhound chainsaw massacre. <laughs> it was it was so Bo- Votran, Votran, Votran chainsaw massacre. Yeah. <laughs> Greyhound every day in Daytona. massacre. Yeah, every day in Daytona, this is is the reality that happens on Beach Street. Dude, I it's just it it was so goofy. There was nothing scary about it. It wasn't shocking. It was just Uh, I did like that scene when the uh, the kid is in the the kitchen and the door is swinging. That was great. That I I think that that scene mechanically and like the way it was shot, I was like, like ah, that was like kind of warming me up. I was like, you know, maybe this movie's not going to be terrible. And uh, it was, it, I was like, at that moment, I was just like, that, I guess that's as good as it gets. <laughs> I, I, you know, I do think that the, like, even the premise for him to start killing people was a little bit weak. Like, I feel like, yeah. like sending the old woman into like cardiac arrest 
who was like, you yeah. know, his like his keeper. You know, I thought that was a little bit weak. And also, like, I feel like maybe the building that they were living in shouldn't have been lived in because when when he threw the hammer and hit the girl and the, it hit the girl with it and she flew off the stairs and fell through the floor. <laughs> Weak structure. I don't know how, yeah, her falling on that and then him lumbering down the stairs. Like, that was just, like, uh, the hair that broke the camel's back. It was like, he just happened to lumber down it the exact right way every time. But yeah, her 110 pounds just in that one specific zone was just wrong. I did like that he was a little fast sometimes. Like, I wish that he was... That was my least favorite part. I was like, he's 70-something. If he was slow as hell, but still after you, and, like, you're in the desert, and, like, he can go really far, like, he doesn't need water, and you're, like, fucking dying, he's been chasing you for a day, horrendous. Yeah. Well, the man who doesn't give up, or you have a twisted ankle, and you're just like, he's coming at you. (laughs) But I like the idea of Leatherface being kind of fast at some point in time. I think it just needs to be consistent. Like, that's what I would say. It's like, maybe younger Leatherface being faster great i understand the older leatherface probably needs a cane probably not gonna work but like cane has a chainsaw love it i I love that idea i I would totally watch a fast leatherface movie though it's a cane (laughs) (laughs) that was fun right yeah it was fun come on guys give us your money give it to us anyway thank you uh to our patrons once again we can't thank you enough i'll say it again and again uh we really do appreciate it and uh we do try to make those episodes funny and and fun for you now i thought uh we're getting to the end of it here i mean we're almost 20 minutes in so what i thought might be fun to do is just to give you a little exclusive peek at the book that i'm going to be releasing this year alongside all the wasteland crap i have been working on a book it's a collection of true stories, funny stuff, funny anecdotes, different things that happened, just basically growing up punk rock, which is another way of saying growing up like a stupid idiot. Um, This particular piece, I'm going to be reading the beginning of it. It's very short, but it is called The Last Stage Dive. It's going to be uh, probably one of the first chapters. I'm not sure about the placement of every one of them yet. In my upcoming book, which will be out before the end of the year 2022, Young Till I'm Old, the memoirs of a punk rock nobody. So this is an excerpt from my story, The Last Stage Dive. It's humbling when you realize you can't keep up anymore. No matter the situation, that moment you figure out you no longer have what it takes, it's like standing under a bag of bricks dropped from a 10-story window. I had that moment in 2014. It was midway through what would be my very last stage dive. And honestly, it was an awful lot like my first stage dive. I was 15 years old the first time I ever decided to fling my body from a stage into a squirming pit of my fellow freaks. I'd gone beyond the surface of what I knew as punk rock and begun to dig a little deeper. It was an exciting time, filled with constant discovery of new bands and new friends, many of whom I met after they stage dove directly onto my neck. It was the winter of 2000, and I was at a now-defunct hardcore festival on the outskirts of Orlando. The club was teeming with crust punks, Hesher metalheads, grindcore weirdos, and a contingent of Miami thugs in oversized basketball jerseys with fists the size of frozen turkeys. 
Of the 30 or so acts slated to play that weekend, there was one band I'd been looking forward to all day, and I was waiting eagerly for them to hit the stage, coiled like a spring, about to burst out of a flophouse mattress. And indeed, when said band launched into their set, I gleefully lost my shit amid the flying bodies and violence. I saw kids ejecting themselves off stage in all manner of styles. Belly flop, head first, feet first, fist first. I was so moved by the energy, I decided now was the time to join in on this insanity fully and completely. I'd done my fair share of jumping around at shows, but the idea of ragdolling myself out into a filthy crowd of misfits was something I'd never considered. I found myself near the front of the stage a few songs into the set. Since it was a small affair, we're not talking House of Blues here, kids who wanted to stage dive had to first fight their way to the stage, flop onto it like a dead fish, and then fire themselves back off. I studied the movement, seemingly so random yet with a certain understated style, and then convinced myself I was ready to emulate it. First I shoved to the front. Then I flopped onto the stage, okay halfway there. The band was gyrating wildly behind me as I collected my bearings. I was dazed, but aware enough to know the clock was ticking. I'd seen too many kids stick around on stage longer than was appropriate. I didn't want my first stage dive to be jump-started by a kick in the ass. I quickly found an opening amidst the squirming mass of screaming kids and dialed in my landing coordinates. I dove. I remember having the thought, I've been falling for too long just before the concrete floor of the club reached up and punched me in my entire body. I didn't lose consciousness, the fall was only a few feet, but even skateboarding for several years at that point didn't prepare me for the sickening impact. I'd learned to bail on a set of stairs quite well, in fact I rarely got hurt because I always caught myself or rolled out of the fall, but not this time. I realized I couldn't breathe, I'd had the wind knocked out of me. And I hadn't done that shit since I was seven and rolled off my bed onto my Sega Genesis. The Mortal Kombat cartridge jutting out of the console hit me in the spine just right, causing me to barf all the air out of my lungs. Fatality. I heard a few people over the din yelling, get him up, like I was inches from death. I felt myself yanked, wrenched, tossed, and the next thing I knew I was thrown under the merch table of a band from Jacksonville. The guy who pulled me out was their guitarist and I thanked him when I could form words again. My savior gave me a bottle of water and I just sat and watched the rest of the show. I felt like an idiot, but I knew it wouldn't be my last attempt. Stage diving was just too dumb and fun not to try again. So that's going to about do it for this episode of Straight to Your Face. We're going to be back next week with a, a one-on-one and I'm excited because it's been a while since we've done one. So my topics are just the best. I, I'm going to be able to talk about three of my favorite things. Dune, Elden Ring, and the Batman. So we got that to look forward to, guys. Like I said, we're not missing any episodes. We're here to stay. We got we got years more content, which for some of you, I'm sure, is just... It's it's too much. It's a, it's a, it's an unsettling thing to think about. But we got it and we're going to keep doing it and we love you guys and thank you so much for listening. Please go to wndpress.com to check out our books and our merch. We are working on a horror anthology right now. I am super excited about. Uh I read one of our recent stories that we received from an author and we're going to talk about uh, about him coming up, but it is like some straight Thomas Ligotti stuff. It was horrifying and i am so stoked that we are going to be actually putting out this collection of stories 
it's coming probably probably end of the year or next year. I'm not exactly sure. Shane has the schedule when it comes to that stuff. But uh, you guys get excited. It's going to be a really, really cool book. Other than that, we got other stuff coming out. Shane's going to be doing the second uh, anxiety report. I got my book. He's got many doctor books and manuals and all kinds of stuff coming out too. Please check out WNDPress.com. Check out I Don't Want to Hear Podcast.com. You can listen to all of our old bands and see all of our old photos and all that bullshit on there, as well as listen to the podcast if for some reason you don't have a podcast player, in which case I'd ask, how the fuck are you hearing me right now? So I thought I'd leave you with a little something from a band that doesn't often get talked about on the show very much. It was an old band that I started with uh, Shane's brother, Jesse, also, you know, one of my best friends as well. The band was called Meantime. We were a heavy hardcore band. We were active during the mid-2000s. Like I said, hardcore is stupid, but I mean, I played it. So, I mean, what am I going to do? Um, this is a song off our debut 7-inch. It is called, fuck, I can't remember what it's called. Shit, I gotta look it up. Anyway, here's a meantime song. Shane was in this band for like a show and a half too, so we'll see. We'll 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 talk to you next week, guys. Enjoy. Fucking bikes! God damn it!
Your 